Well, I want to challenge you as we look at some of these scenes today. I'm going to cruise through three or four for the first 45 minutes of class. And then we're going to take the last half of class to do like the big metaphor, the fellowship of the ring metaphor. And, uh, you know, that's one where I'm going to ask for some participation in class and have us kind of work together. Um, it's really one of the main reasons why I'm even doing this section and this unit on quest and myth in conjunction with Lord of the Rings. So let me pray for us today and we'll dive in. But right there, opening minutes of class, what is Tolkien, who is Tolkien saying you should have on your quest with you? <laughs> the, the king? Sorry, laughing my way through it. Like it's, it's not even subtle, is it? Right? The other irony is you're like, well, I guess I need to invite the king on my journey with me in this story and in this metaphor. He's already what? He's already there with you and protecting you. They're not even really aware of who he is. I personally love that subtle aspect of this metaphor. We hardly ever really recognize the king, Christ, for who he is. Okay, let me pray. Lord, thank you for a chance to be here. Bless the uh, 90 minutes we have together. Uh, pray that we could enjoy learning from this story and uh, guide us towards truth and understanding, um, even freedom. I pray that some of the students might even be a little inspired today um, just to you know, receive the call like Jeff Brooke offered us and this, this invitation that we keep hearing about, that some of us would have something planted in our hearts today that will grow and bear much fruit. Um, pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 All right, onward. Um, I'm going to show the rest of this uh, little scene here in um, Brie, but we've already got that king metaphor, right? Um, we're going to get a metaphor with him, the ring slipping on his finger. We're going to get these ring wraith things. I'll even drop one out there for you. If Aragorn was not with them, guarding them, guiding them, and protecting them, they would be dead. They'd be dead. Okay? So, onward. Hey, come on, look at this. Feet up, sip at Starbucks, and cut the
think we were talking about that the other day about the two kingdoms, right? That concept. They're right next to each other. Oh. A little more caution from you. That is no trinket you carry. I carry nothing. Indeed. I can avoid being seen if I wish, but to disappear entirely, that is a rare gift. Who are you? Are you frightened? Yes. Not nearly frightened enough. I know what hunts you. I'm not showing this to my kids quite yet. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> right? I mean, can you imagine? Okay, time to go to bed, guys. <laughs> now, this actual, this paragraph is fantastic. It's like the gospel message. Listen to this. There were once men, great kings of men. Then Sauron the deceiver gave to them nine rings of power. Blinded by their greed, they took them without question, one by one, falling into darkness. Now they are slaves to this world. They are the master, ring wraiths, neither living nor dead. At all times they feel the presence of the ring, drawn to the power of the one. They will never stop hunting you. All right, thanks for the pep talk. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ugh. All right. What are a couple things that we're practicing this, right? We're trying to pull stuff off the story into our lives. A, because it's good practice for what you're doing with your final. B, it's Lord of the Rings. We've got powerful just life lessons, really fantastic metaphors for us at the end of this class. Um, anything that you guys are noticing in that scene? Okay, fair enough. Uh, let me throw a few out there. Uh, has anybody here ever had an accident like me? Oh, you got one. Go for it. Yeah. Well, because they were like once like great kings and stuff like evil or sin when you get into it, and I guess like taking away your glory. Or yeah. yeah. Let's give it up right there. We got a couple things with those guys, but I, I like that. Like, I look around the room. 
amazing students, wonderful people, excited, inspired, right? Blinded by their greed, they turn into a shadowy version of who they really are, right? They lose their authority. They live in this darkness. But when Aragorn looks at them, he sees his ancestors, like, <laughs> right? Frodo looks at Gollum, he sees what he will turn into if he doesn't destroy the ring. Aragorn looks at these guys and he sees like if he takes this ring from Frodo, that's what he would turn into, or worse, right? So Tolkien is offering us this fantastic gift in this story. Uh, most people don't catch the fact that all of the evil in Lord of the Rings, the whole mythology, all of the evil is a warped version of something good. Pretty cool. And uh, that's a real gift for us, to, to be able to have a mirror like that in this story. Pretty cool. Gandalf gets Saruman with the wizard, right? Okay. Other thoughts? I was just going to say the accident one. Um, has anybody ever <coughs> done something dumb or <laughs> like did something you weren't supposed to and almost died or got hurt or like come on right and God spared you? <laughs> I could give you three or four where I'm like I'm not dead, thank you Jesus, <laughs> right? Like he's just he's not like oh ring bad evil stick it on oh bad thing happens like that's the next metaphor. This is uh, he's just hanging out in a pub fiddling around with a ring and all of a sudden he disappears and he's looking the eye in the eye and you know, he's like what the heck just happened and fortunately yes really bad decision or an accident really he's spared the whole thing could be over right here fair enough so thank you Aragorn for sparing them from their own folly even yeah so yeah if you're not raising your hand bless you <laughs> most, right, two hands right Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I just thought of some. I think it's also interesting that the Nazgul didn't realize that they were just across the street. Yeah. It kind of shows that Satan isn't aware of everything. Yeah, he's not. He's not all powerful. So, right? I mean, just to show the difference in power. Yeah. I like that. Uh, even add to that. They'll never t stop hunting you. Okay, but it doesn't mean they're always going to be breathing down your neck either. Um, that's for some of us who are we're overcoming some of these sins that we're navigating in high school. Awesome. And if, if someone says to you the lie, well, if you, you know, do drugs or look at porn, you're going to struggle with it the rest of your life. Total lie. Jesus did not die on a cross so you struggle with sin the rest of your life. Like, don't buy that one. But... Will you have to deal with these things the rest of your life? Yeah, there's always going to be lust issues or, you know, drug temptation or whatever. You have to deal with them. They're always around, but they're not necessarily on you all the time. And they're not omnipresent. God is, but these things are. Yeah, it's a great connection. Yeah. I think it's interesting how they took the rings without question. Now they follow his orders without question. Right? Like a what? It's like a reverse Yeah. It's like, I don't know if this is like a good metaphor, but like, you get into sin, and yeah. then you like can't control it, so you just keep doing it. Just keep going. I think it's a great metaphor. It's a great metaphor. It's that trustless stuff. We trust certain things without question, and then we never end up questioning it. That's part of why we're in this class, <laughs> to be really blunt. On 
Yes, we've sinned stuff, but also even some of us, theologically, we've just trusted these pastors or parents or people who say things. It's like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> Let's examine this stuff and really dig into what we've been trusting our whole lives already. Yeah. Some the, we kind of already talked about it, but like with him, like like just messing around with the yeah. a little bit, like you can just be like starting to dabble and, yeah. and all of a sudden you can just oh, slide down into this that is one, the curse and the blessing of these news feeds right in our hands is we get more information about the crap that happens all over the place. Uh, but we actually do learn about, like, if you're not careful at a party at college, some horrifying things can happen, right? You just got to be really, like, really careful. And there's people out there who really are cruel and devious and will spike your drink and they'll do funky stuff you know like you just gotta be just dabbling you can end up in a very risky even deadly place they don't want to live in fear but you just gotta be careful and this is one example where he's just not careful part of it is does he even really know about the ring race does he really like he's had that one little dude on the path kind of but is he aware of the magnitude of the evil no. I think a lot of people weren't aware of the fact that the cigarette companies were actually targeting 10-year-olds. Like, like intentionally in the boardroom making advertisements to get 10-year-old kids hooked <laughs> so they can milk them the rest of their lives for their money with an addictive thing. Like, <laughs> most of us are not aware of that type of... Like, it's that big. It's not just a little, you know, oh, little cigarette. (laughs) There's a whole strategy, a whole regime, even, in some of this kind of stuff. All right, let's keep going. Um, This next one is a really intense one. Part of why I want to show this one, though, as intense as it is, is the opportunity that some of you guys are going to bump into with some of the metaphors in the movies and stories you're studying. Great authors can take one scene and it'll be a metaphor like a cube, right? Where it's not just, uh, there's the metaphor. It's like, you look at it from this way, and you're like, oh, look at that metaphor. And then you turn it a little, oh, yeah. And you can like, you know, find multiple layers. That's why Shakespeare is so fantastic is he's just got layers and layers and layers of meaning with what he does. This next one, the stabbing scene on Weathertop has that capacity for multiple layers. Um, I am going to ask you guys after this one if anybody can identify the wounding moment in the story that they're studying. So maybe you've already started your final, or maybe maybe you haven't yet. But you know, where where's that wounding? I think of uh, Harry Potter. He's got he's got the the zigzag right on his forehead. He's got the wound. Luke. I think we talked about Luke and Dark Daddy, right? Getting his. Who gets their hand? Who gets their hand chopped off by their own dad? That's just, whoo, baby. We need we need to work that one out. All right, we got to work that one out. <laughs> Anyways, let's keep going. <laughs> Hi, Dad. Although, although you know, in the Bible, Abraham and Isaac is that's just an awkward camping story. Right? Let's go camping. I'm gonna burn you on a pile of rocks. All right. Okay. Uh, here's an interesting one in the story, even. 
Saruman is devising new types of evil, those new orcs. And it makes you wonder, like, what type of evil are we, new type of sin and evil are we coming up with in our culture? All right, so here's the weather top scene. We're just going to watch it straight through. And again, just keep, look, especially symbols in this. Look at that romanticism picture right there. <laughs> um, in the book, Bombadil gives them these. I have to pause. I just can't not pause here. But if God calls you on a quest, he will equip you. He's not a jerk. Like, if I'm going to invite you on a backpacking trip, I'm going to make sure you have at least what? <laughs> a backpack, right? So God's going to call you on journeys and then equip you to succeed in those journeys, right? Um, and so here we get, they get swords because they need swords, right? And, yeah. Bombadil gives them treasure and swords in the book. Good idea or bad idea to light a fire in the dark when you're being hunted by bad things? I saved some for you, Mr. Frodo. Put out your fools. Put out. nice. This is a little loud. You guys are right next to the speakers. Sorry, are we okay? Turn it down a little bit here. Got the opera coming. This to my ten-year-olds. <laughs> Holy cow! Anna keeps asking, "When can we watch it?" I'm like, eh, "A little later." Oh my gosh! No one will ever sleep again. <laughs> Now, is this an accident here? This is not an accident. He was told not to put it on, and then he what? He puts it on. He thinks it's going to help, but but it actually does the opposite. It makes it worse. They can see him better. Fire to 
two awesome metaphors. Intense scene. Let's talk through a few more thoughts here. Uh, what are some things that you guys are noticing? By the way, you're doing a fantastic job. Yeah, I was pulling it out of some of the, but it's fifth period. I keep saying that on Woo! the podcast. I know I'm going to get in trouble for this. <laughs> but what are you guys seeing here? Yeah. Uh, the lights and yeah, the fire, like always. Yeah, right? I love that. He comes in with fire. He fights with fire. So it's light against darkness. You can go with Holy Spirit, fire, right? Uh, we talked about that as a symbol. Sword, Ephesians 6, Word of God. Cool metaphors, but also just practically speaking, light and dark. Good. Nice. Yeah? You can't use something evil to fight the evil. It's just, it's not going to help. It doesn't work. That's Boromir's issue, isn't it? Boromir thinks, ooh, it's powerful, so I can use it. But, <laughs> you know, if you're going to use a lie to cover up lies, <laughs> not a good idea, right? But he, he's not aware of that right now, so he puts it on thinking it will help, and it actually makes it worse, right? This is that classic thing. We'll get to this a little later, but people are like, well, let's just blow up all the abortion clinics. That'll stop it. And like, nah, no, <laughs> right? It's also Hamlet's tension. Hamlet wants to fight evil. But how do, you, how do you fight evil without becoming evil? You don't want to bully a bully, and then you're a what? Bully. You're a bully. All right, so yeah, no, nice catch. Nice catch. Yeah. I think uh, as well, like, the whole thing, when he, when the Ray's trying to grab the ring, yet he, like, still has his own low power to, like, pull it away yeah. from him. Yeah, yeah. Like, sin is powerful, but it doesn't entirely control us. Yeah. We have control over our own. Yeah. True, right? Yeah, we, we can be slaves to sin, but we, we still have will. It's not, we're not complete. Now, I don't, I'm not sure about the wraiths. I think the wraiths have, they've just completely lost who they are, right? They're basically shadows. But Frodo, not yet. Right? You had a thought? Uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting where he got stabbed. Yeah, shoulders, there's a weight here near the heart. Actually, in the book, it says the tip broke off of the knife and it will work its way to his heart, right? It's a funky little blade thing. It's a magical blade that's going to, like, get to his heart and not fully kill him. It'll turn him into a little hobbit wraith, <laughs> right? And someone said, well, why don't they just stab him in the heart and kill him? I'm like, well, Satan sometimes just wants to destroy you. He'll do that. But actually, Satan likes to mess with us 
and turn us against people we love, like get us on his side, right? And that's like that's what's going on here. Is like he could just kill him, but he's like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn you into one of us. Ah. <laughs> yeah, no, nice. Yeah, all the details. There's movies like this. The details add up. We're allowed to go there. Other thoughts? Yeah, what do you got? Um, he like drops the sword, which is something that he was actually given that could help him. And then he, like after he does that, he panics and like uses something that would actually make it worse. Right? Ooh. Come on, let's give it up. You guys are all doing awesome here. But these this this starts compounding itself. And, uh, and you know that Jackson, like, okay, Frodo, you know, I need to drop your sword. Like, that's part of the directing here. And that type of capacity with a director and a writer, especially Tolkien, we got it, right? Drop your Bible. We're dropping the truth. We're dropping our weapon to protect ourselves. <coughs> well done. Okay. Wounding. He gets wounded. Anybody? finding connections to their story on the wounding. And let me even just prep it while you think about this. I would love to see if anybody can, oh, wait, our hero, my hero, this person in the story got wounded. It doesn't have to be a physical wound, right? It could be the father wound emotionally or socially or spiritual wound or whatever type of wound. We all carry something. I find it intriguing, though, as we go around the room, I think most of you will realize, wait a second, all these heroes are wounded. Like, even in Frozen, sister wounding sister, right? Like, oh, why? Why do all of these big, epic, mythical adventure stories, Odysseus gets gouged by the boar and he's got this big scar? Why? Why do all these stories, remember, all those stories pointed a true story. What is it saying about our story? All those heroes are getting wounded, and they're still heroes. I like how you said when. <laughs> is it really if? <laughs> you know what I find intriguing? I see so many high school students and college students trying to avoid the wound. I get it. No one wants to get wounded. And you're allowed to try to avoid the wound. If you're always trying to like, <gasps> you know, freak out, we're gonna get wounded. We're gonna get wounded. I think most of the authors that I have found most helpful help, just help us deal with the wound when it happens. And of course, avoid wounds and avoid wounding others. But Jesus got wounded. He's, he's got the scars to prove it. <laughs> so if we're going to be like Christ, we're going to what? We're going to get wounded. We're going to get wounded, right? And actually, that's part of the next metaphor. Tolkien stacks it really well. Frodo gets wounded. We're going to watch about five minutes here of him on the back of a horse booking it to Rivendell because what happens at Rivendell with his wound? He gets healed. That's like wound healed. Uh, many people call this the, uh, the wounded healer or the wounded hero. And that's, that's an invitation to all of us. Yeah? So let me do this, uh, yeah, bless you. This triple metaphor, these layers. This is probably even more than just the three. But with the actual wound, okay? So actually, let me, let me hold off. Anybody got one in their story? The one they're following, who's getting wounded? Yeah. Literally everybody. Yeah, in Save It Private Ryan, they're all wounded and some die, but many what? Keep going. Through the wound. Yeah. Yeah. I know in like Wreck It Ralph, it's when uh, they're kind of like their game gets out of order. Yeah. So, like all the characters in their 
it hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen it, but yeah. There you go. Same kind of thing. It's gonna. It's gonna be somewhere. Usually near the beginning of the story. Yeah. I think in Secret Life of Walter Mitty too, and like he gets. Yes. Everyone's just kind of getting let go of switching. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think this is where we don't have, like, I'm getting punched in the face wound. It's, I got fired. My, my family's going through a divorce. It's like this family wound. It's, I've been, this one teacher said this one thing. My mom had her Sunday school teacher in, in second grade Sunday school call her stupid at church. <laughs> she still remembers and still believes it. I'm like, Mom, you raised nine children. You're not stupid. <laughs> like, let's go. Right, but like that wound was this emotional stab on her, right? Aaron, what do you got? Um, well, Jean Grey, she gets like manipulative, like using like family and love and all this type of stuff. Yeah. And like then she eventually goes dark. Okay. So like that's like her kind of like emotional wound. There you go. Nice. Good connection. Anyone else? We seen it? Look for it in your story. Um, and if it's not physical, Right, then is going to be very likely emotional or spiritual, like, you know, God let me down, where were you, God, right, or something, or something will happen to a home, all right? Uh, it's interesting, what's the reputation for the first 10 minutes of a Disney movie? <laughs> Someone, dies. Someone dies, usually a parent, right? Uh, because the audience they're targeting, that's like the biggest fear, the biggest worry for a child is mom or dad dying that wound I think in in Frozen both her parents go down in a ship and she gets wounded by her sister oh my gosh holy cow right okay so when we look at this I want to offer you this cubicle style metaphor this uh, can be really profound for some of us when we when we dig into it for example Frodo gets stabbed and if we wanted to say why well, friends, lighting a fire in the dark when you're being hunted by Nazgul. Good idea or bad idea? And so they, they screw up, and who gets hurt? Frodo. Frodo. I don't know if any of you have had this in your life. You don't have to raise your hand. I have. I've had it where my friends do something dumb, and I'm the one who gets in trouble, or I get hurt. Classic scenario would be you're in the backseat of a car. Your friend is texting while driving. You end up in the hospital, and they walk away fine. See what's going on? Like, eh. By the way, does this happen? Yeah, it happens. In the movie, if you're going to keep the fellowship, what do you got to do with your friends? Trust you got to trust. You got to forgive. You got to get healed. And then you got to what? Yeah. Move forward, right? Keep going. Yeah? I got a very practical story. It's a painful one. Many of you know the Lexi Youngberg story. We have an award for her at Wheaton Academy. Lexi Youngberg sat in one of your chairs for two of my classes. One of them was right after her huge boating accident. She was on the back of a jet ski while one of her friends was driving the jet ski, and there were friends driving the ski boat, and the jet ski and the ski boat collided. Friends mess up. Lexi ends up in the water with her leg severed at the knee, almost dead, definitely dying, right? She is like, I mean, I remember when we were sitting in class, I prepped her ahead of like, Lexi, just FYI. She's like, I know the story. I'm like, okay. I mean, she, 
She watches the woman. She watches Aragorn carry Frodo, and then she watches Frodo go to Rivendell to get healing and help and counsel. And she's like, I've got a connection to the story. I'm like, yes, you do, right? And so powerful for her. It's interesting. She almost dies. She needs healing. She's carried to safety. But she does get healed, and those of you who know her, continues on her journey. She's now surfing all over the world, doing conferences for people, doing, you know, uh, Paralympics, and she's on her journey still. It didn't take her off, her journey. But had she not gotten healing, right, it could take her off. And that's, I think, the key here. This type of wound is not skinning your knee. This is the type of wound where I see many of my students with festering, gaping wounds where they've been hurt by their friends and they're not dealing with it. They're not getting the healing. They're not forgiving. That stuff will take you off the quest. Fair enough? Okay, let's not, let's not put it on the friends then. Uh, Frodo was told not to put on the ring and then what does he do? Puts on the ring <laughs> and then what happens? He gets stabbed. So he disobeys his mentor. He goes against what he knows. He's not like he knows the truth here, and he goes against it, and then he gets wounded. You don't have to raise your hand, but anybody ever, inte- like, I know I'm doing something wrong right now, I make a bad choice, it's not an accident, and I get hurt. Yeah, right? Is that part of our stories? Yeah. Who do we need to forgive in that scenario? Usually it's ourselves. we got to forgive ourselves. I see a lot of students walking around with a lot of shame from poor decisions that they've made. Yeah, forgive yourself. And then what is Tolkien going to show us? Book it to get some healing for your wound. Does that make sense? Like if you are wounded and you screwed up, okay. (laughs) It happens. Frodo did it. Go get help, get healed, move on. Right? This last one is hard. I'm always inclined not to do it. Um, But I always remember the stats and the stories, and even my, my own family. Um, there's another metaphor here where, can Frodo really take on a bunch of ring rates? No, and it was almost inevitable that they were gonna get attacked, right? So where was Aragorn? Late. Yeah, you could say late, that's fine. I mean, that's one way to frame it, right? Like, that's one way. But, the truth be told, we don't want to necessarily blame Aragorn, but was he there to protect them? No. In the book and in the movie, he's out you know, scouting and looking for these things, trying to find out where they are and to get a good path for the next day. So he's doing his job. He is not there. But one way to frame this is Frodo's protector was not there, and Frodo, as a victim, got wounded and hurt, right? Well, the stats are between 40 and 60% of traumatic wounding of students in my classroom at a Christian school in 2019. 40 to 60% sexual abuse, physical abuse, verbal abuse, spiritual abuse. Abuse, though, like traumatic abuse. It's horrifying, right? I mean, I'm not, I threw the numbers out there, but that's four out of 10 of my students on the low end of the scale. And I bring it up because if it's you, you might need to hear someone say, in that scenario, it's not your fault. 
if your babysitter screwed up, if mom and dad were gone and it happened, if the youth pastor screwed up, but you're a kid and you get hurt, that's not your fault. That's really important. It's not your fault. Are we going to really blame Frodo for getting stabbed? You know, like, come on. What's he going to do here? I don't want to blame him. But is he wounded? Did he get hurt? Does he need help? Yeah, so some of you might need to hear that. Like, you know what? Around here, there is help available. You can go right down the hallway, and there's help right at our school. Most colleges have free therapy. CDH is right over there. I know some really good therapists (laughs) who can help. I've been to my own therapy to get my own help for some of my own wounds. And this is part of the key, is if, if you've been hurt, if you've been through some trauma like that, where you weren't protected and you should have been, I'm sorry. I really am. I'm sorry. It happens. Apparently it happened to you. And you can get healing. It is available. Please don't continue on the journey much longer without getting it. End of high school, beginning of college, this summer is a great time to take care of it. It really is. Let's do it, right? Let's, let's take care of this stuff. Yeah? I feel like with the Aragorn thing, it could also be related to the question, why does a good God love you? If we call him the king, right? Like, there it is. I, was, I wasn't going to go there necessarily, but right? Yeah. And, I mean, like, it could be to teach them a lesson on, like, what they need to do to survive. Yeah. Like, in the story, it could be. Well, I, I, one way to frame it is, yeah, teach them a lesson or... This was allowed to happen by Tolkien, the author, and Aragorn took the risk to allow this to happen because can we learn from this? Yeah, Yeah, and with a wound like this, can we have healing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and actually does Frodo learn? Oh my gosh, right? He has this wound the rest of his life. He feels pain from this wound the rest of his life, but it sure wakes him up to the presence of all of this huge evil and the gravity of this ring that he needs to destroy, right? So God is not afraid of allowing the wound. He's not afraid of it. He does. I mean, that's our whole free will talk, right? Yeah, no, great connection, right? I mean, if you want to ratchet it up, I dropped it in there right there. Tolkien writes it into the story. (laughs) He's the author. He writes it in. Frodo gets wounded. (laughs) Dude, I'm almost there. It's been, what, 30 years of teaching this stuff? I would love to get to a place where I trust my author like that. Job was there. Though my author slay me in this story, I'll trust him. Oh, my God. Who says that? I mean, what is it? New Testament apostles are talking about rejoicing in in the trials. (laughs) <laughs> I'd love to get there. Be cool, wouldn't it? To really just trust God that much. Yeah. All right. We good? Thoughts, questions, comments? Do you see that? Like that one scene, and we can like look at it from different places. I have a hunch many of the movies you're looking at have has that potential. <clears throat> I'm going to do one more quick metaphor here because I like to connect this dot and we'll take a little break and then we'll set up that last big one with the ring and Rivendell, okay? But I think to connect these dots, he gets wounded and then right here, you're going to watch it. There's about four minutes of it. He ends up 
Uh, oh, moth. I always like to think, like, when they did auditions, what the other moths were like, the ones that got cut, you know. But he, that guy's cute. He did a good job in the movie, so. Yeah, all right. Thank you for laughing a little bit. Here's these new funky forms of evil, right? What, yeah, what the heck can that represent in our culture? <laughs> all right. Um, they show up. Oh, little girl power. Let's go. All right, Arwen. Yeah, bring it. Warrior elf. And uh, in here, it's in the book, it's Glorfindel who shows up. It's this warrior elf who's been around for thousands of years fighting Nazgul. I'm fine with the replacement. I like getting some girl power in there. And this warrior elf princess, ultimately, eventually queen, to come and rescue and help. Plus, I appreciate the, the powerful feminine here in this moment. So... Kudos to Peter Jackson on that replacement. She's not afraid of the darkness. I love that. Go, girl. Come on. Yep, yep. That's right there. Come on. That's awesome. <laughs> Plus, she's got a killer sword. Right? 
Biblical connection. <laughs> plenty, plenty of opportunities. I appreciate the script writers here. Grace. They didn't have to use that word. Good choice. <laughs> Welcome to the Matrix, Neo. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Whoa. <laughs> Mr. Anderson. <laughs> it's hard not to go there. Crack me up. This is almost like a death and resurrection for Frodo. Waking up in Rivendell. It's kind of cool. Yes. That's a great shot. And here he is in a safe place. You know, the metaphors are right there for washing shame away or washing fear away or sin away. Um, in some respects, if that's sin hunting us down, we need to do the go, 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 Joseph. You know, <laughs> sorry. But Potiphar's wife's coming at you and you got to do the Joseph shuffle, right? Like, <laughs> book it. We need to, f remember, it says to flee from sin, right? We're supposed to run away from it. And so you got that. Or run and get the help that you need. So I love that. But at the end here, we get this beautiful moment. She's got her like, if you want him, come and claim him. Like, let's go. That's awesome. And I, I, I appreciate that moment just with the protective aspect of that. In the book, Frodo has borrowed... Glorfindel's horse. Um, you could maybe compare that to Glorfindel's Bugatti. <laughs> oh, are they still relevant? Yes, no, are they still a cool car? Yeah. Okay, good, okay. So, like a book in it, right? And uh, we're going to get another metaphor here, but I want to leave you with this one at the end of kind of this string of metaphors as we've stacked them up before we get to this Rivendell thing. Frodo gets to a safe place. He gets inside the borders of Rivendell. And then he does this thing, which I remember one of the first times I read it. Why didn't he just like book it all the way in? But he, he does this turning. He turns. And he faces the Black Riders. And you get this great line. Go back. Go back to the land of shadow. You shall have neither the ring nor me. Right? And then flop. He falls off the horse. And they come and get him. But what a great moment. And I want to offer this to you. For some of you, it was interesting. My daughter came yesterday and sat over here just to listen in on Dad teach. Um, she had the afternoon free. And I, I turned and I was like looking right at her. <laughs> and I was offering this to my students saying, at some point on the journey, if you've not done this yet, 
turning and facing the enemy. Because yes, we're supposed to flee from sin. But it also says if you resist the devil, right? Yeah, he will flee from you. And so there's this sense like, have you done that turn to say, hey, Satan, get off my back, right? Let's go. I'm a child of the king. I am protected in the Holy Spirit. I am in Christ. You, you, you can't get me. Yeah, right? Come on, I know. But, 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 right? At some point, this is what I want to offer it to you. At some point, like you just you don't want to spend your whole life running from Satan. Christ says all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, and then he gives it to us. So Satan doesn't have any. And you already connected the light and the darkness. We are the light of the world. And so, yes, flee from sin, but also claim your identity as a, as a child of the king. You can do that. What's pretty cool is this isn't just one thing in Lord of the Rings. Next week, maybe even tomorrow, we'll see if we get there. Gandalf on the bridge of Khazad Doom. Huge, massive, fiery Balrog demon. And what does Gandalf do? You shall not. You shall not. He turns and faces. You shall not pass. Takes it out. That's awesome. Aragorn has this moment where he needs to turn and face. Sorry, he needs to look the eye in the eye. Whatever, right? I love the Eowyn moment. She's beaten down and she stands up and looks at the, that Lord of the Nazgul, stabs it in the face. So great, right? Good stuff, yeah? Some point, don't be afraid to step into that. I bet in almost all of your stories, I mean, part of like, I can't not be in there if it's gonna be a powerful epic movie. The protagonist, the hero or heroine, has to do what with the tension, with the evil, with what's coming against them? Stare it down. Face it. You got to face it at some point, right? So, there you go. All right. Thoughts, questions, comments. How are we doing? Good. We okay?